Welcome to eTalk Off The Record. I'm Lainey, I'm here with Chloe, and this is our final episode of 2021. And I think it's fitting because there's a trend that emerged in 2021 that I, for one, am a little bit surprised about, which is why I wanted to talk to Chloe about this. We're talking about the emo rock trend. Chloe, tell this old lady why there's been a resurgence. Look, I know this was a thing like late 90s, early 2000s, right? I'm thinking, yes. right? Yeah, I mean, that whole vibe, the early 2000s. Uh, but it has come back. I mean, who are the leaders in this movement right now? Oh, there are so many leaders. But I just want to say, Lainey, you are not an old lady. You are actually, I've been watching your fashion game the past little while, and you are rocking the pop punk vibes on the social, on eTalk. So once you get a little bit of the music background, you're ready to jump back into this resurgence because you're already rocking the fashion. So I just want to celebrate okay, that because you're thank such a you. fashion icon. Thank you. I do love um, the fashion. So yeah. I do love the fashion. And like, it's kind of a little Gwen Stefani vibes from back in the day. I do. Yes. Right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So before we can talk about where we're at now, I think we got to take a moment to kind of go way back in the past to talk about where pop punk has come. And for me, come down memory lane with me. So <laughs> I was such an emo kid, an emo teenager, obsessed with pop punk, obsessed with punk. I was one of those teenagers that had, you know, the big movie posters in my bedroom and they were not very tasteful. It was like the used and, and the guys were all curb stomping one another. And I remember my mom being very concerned about my music choices because there was a lot of screaming, a lot of angst. I was definitely one of those teens that wore black ribbons as belts, paper clips as earrings, a lot of heavy black wow. eyeliner, some very questionable hair choices. And I loved it so much. And it was this, this space when you went to concerts and you connected with other emo kids, you kind of just got to be your weird, unique self. And it was a space that was inviting of people to just be weird and unique and okay. Okay. And a little bit goofy and sometimes a little bit extreme for sure when you went to some of the shows. Um, a lot of moshing, a lot of crowd surfing. But it was really popular in the late 90s and early 2000s. You look at massive uh, tours like Vans Warped Tour. I mean, they were huge and they were packed with people. And then there was something that happened around 2010 where all of a sudden the pop punk phase just kind of fizzled out. And yeah. then we started to see um, a lot of these artists kind of going more into the EDM world and into the rap world. But back in the day, I mean, you had Blink-182, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, Paramore, Avril, Jimmy Eat World, All Time Low, The Used. There were so many big bands and then it kind of went really really quiet yeah and for those who kind of held on to the heydays like myself I still go to that music I still listen to those playlists and I never thought that it would come back I, I guess I just always thought it was just going to be me myself and I and the other pop punk kids around the world listening to these groups but I would never imagine that at the tail end of a global pandemic we would see this huge rise in pop punk and emo and rock punk and it's absolutely everywhere. It has gone so mainstream in 2020 and 2021, and it's definitely no longer underground. We're seeing it everywhere, whether their appearances on Ellen or on the charts. And that brings us to the question you actually asked me, which is who are some of the heavy hitters? And 
There really are so many, and I want to take a moment to start off by talking about Willow Smith. I love everything about Willow. It's the whole energy, mm. even. You know, she comes from Jada, who is like a rock band leader. So you have family <laughs> influence, but I do love that Willow has modernized it. Like, there's a very of yeah. the moment, present energy with Willow. I'm obsessed with everything. The sound, the look, her voice, all of it. Yeah, and it's amazing when you when you look at someone like Willow, who, like you said, comes from this huge family of entertainers, both in the music space, in the creative space, and Willow has really carved out her own niche. I mean, she came on the music scene with Whip My Hair, which was a complete departure from the music that she's doing now. I mean, her fourth solo album that came out not too long ago called Lately I Feel Everything is really seeing Willow go into this new direction of, of rock and of pop punk, and it shows just such a range for Willow. I mean, you've got pop punk legend Travis Barker on three tracks on there. As well, there's a track with Avril Lavigne, who we definitely have to talk to as well. And what I love about the connection between Avril and Willow is Willow has actually shared that Avril was her idol from, you know, 13 years mm -hmm. old to 16 years old. So to get to Willow, do what Willow's doing, and then to collaborate with someone she's looked up to in that space is incredible. And Willow is doing so much more than just, you know, putting out music, which connects people far and wide. But Willow's also shared that she wants to lead by example through this music. Um, in one of the interviews, she shared that, and I'm going to quote her here, I just hope that the Black girls who are listening to my music and listening to this album see that there's more for us out there. It's a real thing. You are not alone. And I really appreciate that Willow shared this because if you look at the history of pop punk, especially the 2000 scene, it was mostly white dudes. Um, there were a couple of females kind of in the space, like Paramore and Avril, but for a long time, that was really all we were seeing. And we're seeing such a shift now with Willow, with Pink Shift, with Meet Me at the Altar, which are also other groups in the space. And so I just can't wait to see what Willow does next. You know, I, I love that you're bringing this up, you know, particularly because, as you said, it's a mostly male space and a mostly white space. And then you have mm -hmm. Willow, who is a little bit, though, carrying up the mantle that was started by Fifi Dobson, another Canadian. Yeah. And Fifi is still in that space. You know, she's still making music. She's, she has a very unique sound to herself. I feel like Fifi was underrated, underappreciated. Um, and I really hope that in this resurgence, Fifi also gets her moment back. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you brought up Fifi. I, I actually had her on my personal podcast, Healthy is Hot, to talk about mental health and wellness in general, which are two things that are really important to her as an artist. And we also spoke about her music. And I hope that this time, this resurgence, will kind of remind people that Fifi is amazing and has been amazing in this space for such a long time. So if you're listening to this and you're not sure who Fifi Dobson is, this is your friendly reminder <laughs> to go and check it out after you're done listening to us. And then, of course, we have to talk about another incredible female, Avril Lavigne. I mean, Avril came on the scene in 2002, like right at the height of all of this. Um, it was a multi-platinum debut album, Let Go, which gave us so many hits, Complicated, I'm With You, Skater Boy, of course. Skater Boy is actually having a little resurgence of its own. It's gone viral on TikTok with professional skateboarder Tony Hawk. And I love seeing Avril 
back on the scene because for a long time, she just wasn't really in mainstream media doing her thing. And now we're seeing her everywhere on red carpets at award shows, putting out new music. Um, she did a fantastic interview with Zane Lowe recently exactly on this topic about what you and I are talking about, Lainey, this pop punk resurgence. It blew me away. But part of the interview, she talks about how she's actually coming up on her 20th anniversary of her first album. Like she has been doing this for such a long yeah. time. And yet she's still doing it, still doing what she loves. People are, are really stoked on it. And she shared that it's actually really humbling and really cool that right now she feels it's bigger than ever right now. And in that interview, she she highlights Blink-182 being one of her favorite bands. And, you know, Blink-182, Travis Barker, the drummer for that group, um, and Travis and Avril have worked together. And uh, so much so that she's actually signed to his record label, DTA Records, which I think is really cool. Like Tra Travis is such an incredible musician in his own right, but throughout his career, he's worked with lots of artists in this space, not necessarily just in the pop punk space, but throughout his career, he's all about uplifting artists and acts who he really believes in, Avril being one of them. Uh, Demi Lovato, he's worked with, BB Rexa, Steve Aoki, Kid Cudi, Willow Smith, Tyler Posey, Machine Gun Kelly. Like he is absolutely everywhere. And I love that he is all about supporting artists he believes in. And Avril is definitely one of them. We actually saw them recently on the Ellen DeGeneres show performing like their new track, Bite Me. Like pop punk is everywhere. So much so that it's on daytime television with Ellen. You know, I also, I mean, in talking about Avril too and taking it in with the context of her time, you mentioned 2002 was when she began her rise. And you know what, Chloe, at that time, pop was like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. So Avril's sound mm -hmm. really shifted um, or at least broadened the landscape of what music could be for girls. If you were in that pop lane, like, you know, pure radio pop, then Britney was your thing. If you liked balloting and a strong voice with your pop, Christina could be your thing. But also if you wanted to like put on a plaid shirt and get on your skateboard and rock <laughs> out a little bit, black nail polish, Avril gave you an option. So it was, it's interesting to me that like, you know, you're bringing up Avril and thinking back to almost 20 years ago in the context of that time, you know, music became dominated or starting to be, was started to become dominated by women, by girls. And that in that 20 years, it has continued. After Avril, we saw the rise of, and around that time, at the same time, Beyonce rose at that time, Rihanna, and then of course, Taylor Swift, Adele, Amy Winehouse was in there. And the women have been dominating music since then. There's not really as many male artists who have that kind of influence like in groups in that way. I mean, sure, you have an Ed Sheeran and a Justin Bieber now and again, but women are like, there's way more women if you think about it. <laughs> and I'm A-OK -okay with it. I love no shade against the dudes. I just love seeing women do what they love, um, spread whatever artistry they're putting out into the world and to see it well received. And when you talk about this kind of trend that we've been seeing for quite a long time now, um, we have to take a moment to talk about Olivia Rodrigo because, mm -hmm. um, and, and just makes me think about when we talk about Avril, because when that track by Olivia 
Good For You came out, I was very confused. I actually thought it was an Avril Lavigne song. I don't know about you. It had that quintessential yeah. kind of Avril angsty vibe to it, but Olivia did it in her own way. And this is an artist who came out of the gates ready to play. And I mean, people put her in pop punk, but I mean, I definitely think it's more pop with like a hint of punk, but yeah. I'm okay with it. But um, Olivia's really out there and kind of is following suit of all these heavy hitters and is just taking everyone by storm. I mean, she just took home a huge award from Time Magazine for Entertainer of the Year. I mean, took home an AMA, three MTV VMAs. And um, she's kind of tapping into that pop punk moment with the fashion, with the music, with the angst, but she's doing it in her own way and she's tapping into an entirely new generation, that Gen Z generation, which I feel really too old. I don't quite understand what they're all about, <laughs> but I support their music choice of Olivia Rodrigo for sure. Oh, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think uh, Olivia Rodrigo's album is one of the ones I listened to most this year. I, I like the range. You know, you do have that little mm. bit of pop punk or the, those pop punk influences, so to speak, you know, and you can actually see the homage to there's like a little Taylor in there, a little Gwen Stefani in yes. there, a little Avril in there. And it tells you, um, it tells you, number one, that art can be cyclical and modernized, right, for every generation. It gives you the influences um, that younger artists have or that, you know, the established artists have on younger artists. I, I mean, when you consider that, like, you know, Billie Eilish is only, what, like three or four years into her reign and thinking about how different but familiar her sound is, it's the same with Olivia. Like, it, sometimes these songs are, like, you, when you hear them, it, it feels like you're not hearing them for the first time. And I'm not saying this, like, to mean that she's copied anyone. I'm saying that that's talent, you know, to come out on the scene mm -hmm. and give people songs that make them feel like, oh, this song is my friend. I've known this, this song for a while. Yeah, and I think that's the powerful thing with music is if you tap into an artist you vibe with or you listen to a track that maybe you've never heard but it feels a little bit like home or like you said, like a friend, that's when you found a kinship with that artist and their artistry. And I love that you mentioned that when you listen to Olivia's music, you can hear all these incredible female heavy hitters in there because I think that's the thing about art is you are continuously influenced by those who have come before you, those who you surround yourself with. And I think that's okay. And I, I fully, fully, agree that there's sometimes when you listen to a song you're like oh I kind of I feel like I'm getting a little reference here and it kind of takes you down memory lane so Olivia we're loving what you're putting out into the world I don't think she's done anytime soon I mean she just came out and she's just oh, making waves hitting charts, limit. taking home awards yeah like Time Magazine Entertainer of the Year like that's no small feat no. by any means and when we talk about awards and just that level of recognition in this space we have to talk about Machine Gun Kelly. People feel very polarized by Machine Gun Kelly as a person, but I'd love to just talk about Machine Gun Kelly, like the artist and the music that he and his team put out. Because when you look at Machine Gun Kelly and like his history of being in this space, the guy was a rapper. Like he called himself Eminem's rap rival for a lot <laughs> of his career. And in the last few years, which is like an interesting thing to say, but anyways, in the last few years, we've really kind of seen him 
switched genres quite a bit. And it's been interesting to see that fans, both new and old, have really embraced this new sound, which is, to me, like quintessential pop punk. Like, it's got the pop kind of upbeat, kind of catchy choruses that you can sing along to, and then a little bit of that punk undertone. And his album, Tickets to My Downfall, skyrocketed. Like, it was all over the charts. All of a sudden, Machine Gun Kelly was everywhere and anywhere that media was talking about music or just people in that scene. And I know I keep mentioning Travis Barker, who I'd love to get to at some point, but this was co-written and co-produced by Travis Barker, who is, of course, the drummer of Blink-182, one of like the biggest bands in the pop punk scene in the late 90s, early 2000s. And this album, I personally like, I could listen to it front to back, nonstop. I'm such a fan of the music. And I know, I know people are like, what, really? But like, I'm not the only one, everyone. I mean, we've got some amazing tracks on here with Halsey, incredible female performer, Youngblood, who just popped up on the scene. And, you know, MGK has taken home a bunch of awards as a result of his music, from two Billboard Awards to an American Music Award, an MTV Video Music Award. I'm curious, will he stay in this lane or is he going to go back to his rap roots? I think he's going to stay in the pop punk space just because it's such a thing right now and he's really found his niche. But Tickets to My Downfall was pretty epic. I'm curious to see what he does next. Well, and it's also like to be part of a movement and a celebrity like this, we can't discount like the gossip, right? So there's yeah. Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox and the friendship with Pete Davidson, who himself is in that space, even though he's not technically a, like a recording artist. He he makes enough of those songs on Saturday Night Live to be sort of considered one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, who would have thought that Machine Gun Kelly, Pete Davidson, and Travis Barker would be in, like, our daily vernacular, like, doing what we do as an entertainment show? But, like, these guys are everywhere. And especially you look at Travis, who has such a long history with this. And now that he's with Kourtney Kardashian, who, like, hello, the Kardashians are household names. It almost just adds fuel to the flame of what Travis Barker is doing because we're seeing the influence, I believe, of Travis Barker and like the pop punk world into even like the Kardashian fashion. I'm sure you've noticed it too. Yeah. It used to be very like monochromatic, very feminine energy in what they were wearing. And now we're seeing a lot of like pleather. We're seeing a lot of structure. We're seeing a lot of like rock and roll and combat boots rather than always just the high heels. And it's been kind of cool to see the influence of that music scene and of being with someone like Travis infiltrate into the Kourtney Kardashian fashion world. And, and I think, too, you know, I just want to go back to what you were talking um, about earlier in terms of, like, changing styles. That's what Halsey did, too, right? Like, Halsey was really pop, yes. and her latest album is very much like it was co-produced by Trent Reznor. Yes! I completely forgot about that. You're so right. And it's not like she wasn't successful in the pop space. No, she was she was huge. I think the thing I think the thing is is well like anything, right? There's there's waves of things that are popular and some things are hot one day and then they're not the next. But I think Halsey's always kind of had this um she's always had her like toes dipped into that scene and maybe maybe this is something she's always wanted to do and maybe her team was like, "No, let's be more pop." Who knows? Who knows what, who are like the decision makers when it comes to artists? I mean, you know, thanks to Taylor Swift, we we have a little bit more of like an inside scoop on what it is to be a major artist working with a team. But I love seeing Halsey do 
well. I mean, I love going, just going back to like female musicians. I love seeing them succeed um, because not only do they get commercial success, but then their their platforms grow, and then hopefully what they care about gets more attention. And I think it's I think it's interesting to see these collaborations come about and to see artists who were already big only get bigger and to see their fan base grow even more, especially with like the younger generation and how songs find their place on TikTok and then go viral overnight. Like you just never know what's going to be hot next. And again, going back to Gen Z, y'all confuse me, but I'm excited <laughs> to learn more. So is it safe to say, Chloe, that we're at the end of 2020 now? Is it safe to say that pop punk will continue to be a force in 2022? I mean, I love that you said we're at the end of 2020 because sometimes I feel like oh. we are still somehow at the end of 2020. Never mind. <laughs> no, but I'm with you. Time time is so weird right now, especially with the pandemic. But yeah, it, it's shocking to me to even be here and be at the end of yet another year. But I don't think this is going anywhere. As like the classic emo pop punk kids used to say way back in the day, it's not just a phase, it's a <laughs> lifestyle. And I fully agree with that. And I hope it stays because we're, we're just seeing so much creative talent come out of this genre. And it seems there's a real thirst for it. Um, and there's a real hunger for it. And I'm excited to see what happens when concerts come back. Like, will people go to these shows? Or is it something people listen to at home? So I'm really, really hoping that the pop punk scene is here to stay if not everyone i've got lots of playlists on my spotify hit me up if you want to go back to the early 2000s with me well i hate to put you on the spot but you mentioned it we are on iheart our podcast is so it'll be super easy for people to go search on like iheart and make their own playlist so why don't you can you give us three tr uh, sorry five tracks that you recommend a mix of like, you know, in the OG days and right now that you think that people should uh, get started with. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we've already talked about Avril, so go check out her new song, Bite Me. It's really great. Um, let's go old school, throw in some Paramore, Misery Business, very classic. Uh, Taking Back Sunday, again, they're more of an OG group. They haven't done things on the scene too while, and sorry, in such a long time, but you have to listen to Q without the E if you haven't checked that out. Um, Fall Out Boy, Sugar, We're Going Down, and then really just anything by Willow. Just listen to Willow's entire, entire album lately i feel everything it is pure gold i don't know if that was five i lost track was no, that five that was good enough i took notes <laughs> chloe thank you so much well i definitely appreciate your expertise chloe and i think everyone out uh, out there will appreciate it as well and we appreciate you guys for listening to etalks off the record podcast we are so happy to be able to do this we're thrilled that you're listening week after week uh, remember, everything that we say on this podcast is off the record. And also remember to check out eTalk weeknights, 7 p.m. on CTV. On behalf of the eTalk Off the Record team, we wish you a very, very happy holiday, a safe and happy new year. Chloe, thank you. I'll see you in the new year. Happy new year, everyone.